0: Men and women tend to define intimacy differently, at least in the U.S., maybe worldwide. Because when men talk about intimacy, often they're talking about sex. And there is a sense where intimacy and sex are similar to each other. But when women talk about intimacy, they actually have a better understanding of it. It has to do with being open and transparent and vulnerable to the point where I can trust you with my emotions. I can trust you with telling you what I do, what I want to do. I can trust you with telling you what I believe, what I don't believe, all those kinds of things, and can still feel accepted by you. Now, does that affect the other kind of intimacy? In other words, does that affect what happens in the bedroom? The answer is absolutely. My mentor, when I was a young man, which was some length of time ago, but when I was a young man, my my mentor used to tell me everything that happens outside the bedroom affects what happens inside the bedroom and everything that happens inside the bedroom affects what happens outside the bedroom. So we're going to be talking about intimacy, and it will include some things about sex, but it's going to be basically starting where the women start with the openness and transparency. Uh, I'm Dr. Joe Bean with MH International. You probably know us as Marriage Helper. And this handsome man here with me is Roel Gerber. Roll lives in, and it's currently, as we record this, is in South Africa. Uh, roll is a rock and roll star over there. I think kind of semi-retired now. Is that right, Roel? Am I correct? Correct. Semi-retired. You guys are still making some music, right? On and off. I mean, well, on and off. <laughs> okay. Roel is a certified marriage helper coach working with us at Marriage Helper. Also, he helps me often, and other leaders that we have leading our workshops, he helps in those workshops. He and his wife, Tammy, great people. We love working with them. And Rolls going to be my guest on this particular as- episode as we talk about intimacy. So role. I've talked a little bit already. When you hear the word intimacy in South Africa, do men and women still have that same difference in the way you look at it? Or is that just kind of an American thing?
1: No, I think even in our general conversations with friends and family, generally, when we bring up the term intimacy, you can see they kind of back off because I think they they think we're going to use the S word. We're going to start talking about sex. But When we clarify, like, actually, like, uh, I think you say it the best is intimacy, they're like, oh, okay, there's more than just the sexual element to it. But yes, I I think it's a, a worldwide thing. People hear intimacy, they think it must be physical
0: must be. And as we said, there is an aspect of it, a dimension where it is physical, without a doubt. You know, we talk about a lot of things in our workshop, and we're not going to try to replicate all of that here. But in the workshop, we talk about a thing called the triangulation of love. I'll mention that just for a second. And then I want us to talk about a thing we call the wall. And the triangulation of love, which works off a model by Dr. Robert Sternberg, who is a Brilliant researcher, by the way. The man's just absolutely brilliant. It studies love, like between a husband and wife kind of love, and he divides it into three different subcategories that can actually be measured. One is he uh, he calls intimacy, and as Roel just said, we often refer to it as see. And then he talks about passion, and he talks about commitment. Passion, of course, also has a sexual dimension to it. And interestingly, so does commitment, but that's not for today's discussion. And passion has more to do with a craving for oneness with the other person, which again ties it back to intimacy. All right. So we'll look at all that intimacy into me. See, so when we talk about the wall, you've you actually been in workshops about what now? 16,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it. It's, it seems like that. So why don't you start off talking about the wall? And I'll jump in and we'll contribute as we go through. And let's explain how you can actually increase emotional intimacy. And as a result of sex, is important to you, sexual intimacy. But let's just talk about it with the concept of the wall for, for a couple of minutes. Okay.
1: So Dr. Joe, I'll, I'd like to just maybe speak from my perspective and maybe what I've experienced in terms of the wall. Um, I'd like to say we're meaning making machines as humans. And so we have all these experiences that lead us to believe certain things and see certain things in a certain way. Now, when we talk emotional attraction or the wall, um, I've experienced certain things and, and it could have been even rejection from my spouse or, hey, I've believed in this vision and this dream. And if Tammy hasn't maybe seen it in the same way or she shut down my feelings or shut down my emotion, what I would do is put up a brick. And eventually, if that happens enough, I would put up this massive wall, um, which is basically a way of defending and protecting myself from being hurt again. Um, And this, for me personally, started from when I was much younger. So people would reject you in a certain way or you experience certain losses or whatever. And we start putting up these walls because I want to present my best self to people, but that's not necessarily my real self. So I start putting up this wall, which is what I want people to see me as, but that's not the real me. It's really just to defend myself and protect myself.
0: Okay. So when we talk about the wall, particularly in our workshops, we talk about a metaphorical wall, of course, where that we hide our real selves from other people, which is what Roel just said. I'm not going to try to repeat everything he said. You were dead on with everything you said there, Ro. But it's where I typically don't tell people the truth, or at least the whole truth, about what I really think or what I really believe, or actually what I really feel, or even sometimes what I really do or want to do. And the reason that I will be very careful about with whom I share that, as Roel just explained, is because I fear that they'll reject me if I don't meet all their criteria. So I just hide myself behind this metaphorical wall. And then on the other side of that wall, we paint a portrait that we think the other person wants us to be. Now, some of it's accurate, because some of it really is how I think, feel, believe, or act. But some of it's inaccurate where I pretend to be someone else because I want to make you happy with me. But Ro, when you're doing that, when you're hiding part of who and what you really are, can you feel that the other person loves you just loves you or did they love who they think you are?
1: No, I definitely think it was, they were loving who they think I was. I think it felt very non-authentic. I felt fake and superficial
0: I think a lot of people do. I think there's also a possibility, and I'll ask if you agree, where sometimes people have pretended so long, they don't know which one's the real them. The one behind the wall or the one they pretend to be. Does that happen in your country as well as in ours?
1: Absolutely. I think it it happened in my life for the longest time. Just That wall was such a blur. It actually became more of a reality than I thought it was
0: and a person in that situation sometimes will get confused which one's the real me but when you are dealing with the real you is when you have a deeper peace but also can have a deeper angst let me explain what i mean every one of us and this is true in america and i'm sure it's true in south america or every uh, south america you're actually in south africa that's a different place altogether i'm sure this is true all around the world but um Behind the wall, the real me the genuine me, if we will, uh, sometimes is not a very likable person, even to me. There are days sometimes when I don't like me, I'm assuming that you have experienced that.
1: Mm, absolutely.
0: So, but you didn't tell me you didn't like me. Sometimes we find it difficult to like ourselves. And so when I say we have more peace, if we accept ourselves behind the wall, that can be a little difficult because we also know that we're flawed, that we're messed up. But when somebody else can accept me and love me as I really am, then that's when I'm going to find the deepest peace. We talk about pulls and pushes a lot. It's the biggest pull that can exist between two human beings. When I believe that you accept me as I am. In other words, you know what I think I feel, I believe and act, etc., at least as much as one human can know another. And you accept me anyway. Now, let me clarify one thing about that. I'm going to ask uh, Rolla to talk about some bricks here. Sometimes people say, well, I can't accept the fact that a person believes that way or thinks that way or feels that way. Understand that when we talk about accept, we're talking about facing reality. If if a person believes that, I can say, I don't believe that you believe that or I refuse to accept that you believe that doesn't change what they believe. <laughs> we talk about here when we say acceptance, we mean face reality. If a person's done something, you might find the behavior unacceptable. But accepting that it happened is just facing reality. And so when I feel that you can accept, I do think that way, I do feel that way, I do believe that way, et cetera, then I'm feeling a strong attraction to you because I want somebody who can accept me, even though I don't meet all the criteria. Now, we talk about the difference, though, between acceptance and endorsement. (laughs) The fact that I accept that you did that doesn't mean I endorse it. The fact that I accept that you feel that way doesn't mean that I endorse it, that you believe that way. And it certainly doesn't mean that I encourage it. But acceptance, which means that I accept that it really happened. And even though we may not get along in some specific areas because of what you believe, et cetera, we still treat each other with respect and dignity because that's who you are. And this is who I am. Now, that's what we talk about when we talk about acceptance. You say, well, I thought you guys were talking about emotional intimacy. That's where emotional intimacy finds its roots. I can, I can feel open and transparent and vulnerable with you. And I know I can tell you what I truly think, truly believe, truly feel, truly do without fear that you're going to somehow punish me. So Ro, when we talk about the wall and you've again been part of this, well, I said 16,000, that's probably a slight high, probably no more than 15,000 times that you've been to workshops with us. You've heard us talk about the wall and I'm sure you've explained it in your coaching to other people and taking a brick off the wall means actually self revealing. Doesn't it? How does that occur?
1: Yeah, it's definitely that place, uh, what we were saying, is being vulnerable. That sometimes means sharing some of our weaknesses or uh, some of the things that we feel strongly about. Um, But in general, if we've put that brick up, it means perhaps it was mistreated previously or thrown back at us. So me taking that brick off takes a level of trust um, in the other person that when I do take this brick or I share something emotionally, that I feel vulnerable about, that I feel you might attack me or I might need to get defensive with, if I take that off, I'm hoping and trusting that you're going to treat that with respect, gentleness, and acceptance despite what that brick might be. So if I'm vulnerable with Tammy and sharing my feelings about um, something she did, instead of her getting defensive and saying, yes, but you do this and throw that brick back at me, she can say, um, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way, or her response will determine whether I'm going to hand her another brick or not. Okay.
0: And so, uh, as you were well explaining here, taking a brick off the wall means that I'm going to self-reveal, typically by what I tell you. Or I may do it by something I demonstrate. Like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to let you see what I really feel or really think or et cetera, et cetera. And as you just pointed out, like, if you can do that with Tammy, if you can take the brick off the wall and tell her what you really think, even if it's about her behavior and she'd that you think that way or feel that way, et cetera, even if she doesn't necessarily agree with you, that's when this, this avenue of communication opens up. That's absolutely amazing. And it does something to us emotionally, right?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Definitely gives me that sense of security and safety. Hey, you know what? I can do this again. It makes me feel like I can trust the other person, which means I want to be more open and more vulnerable every time.
0: If we were talking about a thing called attachment styles, which again, you know a very deal about, we would say that, that what happens is when you feel secure, in other words, I don't think you're going to abandon me. and And you're going to be there for me when I need you. When we feel secure, We can be open. We can be transparent. We can be vulnerable. Now I realize we're talking about this in a big picture sort of way. And you may be thinking, I would love to have that kind of emotional intimacy with my spouse, but I don't think I can ever be that open with him or her because I don't think they will ever accept me. Well, obviously this is a two way street, but think about it this way. It starts with you. If you can start being open and transparent, to the point you think your spouse can handle it. But when they are open and transparent of what they think, feel, believe, or do, if you can still be accepting, even if you don't endorse or encourage, if you can be accepting, you can actually start that intimacy where that after a while they'll feel really safe with you. Now, at some point then, you're going to want to look at them and go, I want the same privilege. <laughs> I want to be below uh, be as open and transparent and vulnerable with you as you are with me. Now that might take some help. So for example, we have people like role who are around the world who coach as marriage helper certified coaches who can help you think through how do you develop that, et cetera. We also have online courses and everything else you can imagine. If you go to marriage helper dot, com that's marriage help er marriagehelper.com and if you do that slash book marriagehelper.com slash book then you can actually make an appointment to talk to one of our folks who can help you find what it is that we have that can help you. It might be some of our free videos on YouTube. It might be some material we've already written. It might be a coaching session or two with Roll or someone like Roll. It may be telling you about our intensive three-day workshop. that really helps couples a great deal. But we want to help you, and we'd love to do that if you'll contact us. Just go to com slash book. And that'll get you a chance to talk to a not one of our coaches, but one of our folks who will actually help you. Okay, let me refer you to this person. He or she can help you know what, if anything, we can do for you. So Roel, thank you so very much for joining us from South Africa. I know as we're recording this, it's already evening there and I'm probably messing up your supper. <laughs> so thank you for taking the time. And a few folks, if you want to coach with Roel, he's one of our coaches that are available. Do you have any slots at this point open? I know that you stay really busy. So I do. You do. have a few. Yes. And so if you want to contact an, us and talk to coaching or us about coaching with Roel, that's great. We have other coaches and other places as well. but. Rolls first class. We think the world of him. Thank you for being with us, Roll. Thank all of you guys for being with us on Relationship Radio. And we'll talk about more topics like this very soon. Thank you.